uh, can I have my uh, things up, our goals? I just want to um, remind you of our goals this year. So salvations, baptisms, discipleship and relationships. They're really good goals. So just added to those things because as the years go on, we've been able to add to the direction and the clarification of that in the church. So we have our vision. Um, that helps us to see the future that we're trying to create. Oh, you gave me one anyway. Thank you. Um, and I was going to try and be really good and just, you know, hold my thing in my hand. Yeah, but oh well. I'll just keep it to one side just for reference. So our vision to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. We're some of that right now, but it's still what we're becoming. So I want us to be uh, dreaming of what that looks like, what that means, how you fit into that to be part of that type of a church. Our culture, uh, that's what our vision grows out of. Our culture all starts with I, there's investing, increasing, um, influence, all these sorts of things. They're on, the, on one of those uh, things over there. But uh, that's a, a culture, without a good culture we can't grow anything. You know that without good soil, everything dies. So our culture is a soil from which all, it all comes out of and our mission underpins a vision and culture which we are a light on a hill that cannot be hidden and we want to be the light of Jesus to the people we come across and we want to, them to be able to see us um, not just in, in the sense that people who know you as an individual, we as a church, to be known in this community for being a good, healthy place to be. So that's uh, something I just want to keep reminding you this year. Salvations, baptisms, discipleship and relationships. Again, they're things that we're developing better. They're things that we're not probably doing really well. But as we know what we're aiming for, then we start to put the parameters around, we start to put the things in place to make those things happen. So, you know, the worst thing we can do in a situation like this is look at that stuff and go, oh, we're not doing that very well. But we know what we're aiming for. So until we know what we're aiming for, we'll never, we'll never actually change anything. So we're changing and we're developing and we're wanting to see these things done better. So uh, they're what I call our governing values. They unify and clarify things. Now I've spoken about these things enough, so that's all I'm going to give you on that tonight. But uh, as I begin tonight, uh, I want us to apply faith in God for the greater things that are in front of us. There are greater things in front of you whoever you are today, say your name. Let's hear your name again. It's good to talk about you because I don't want us to talk about all, the, all about what, what we do as a corporate thing. I want to talk about you as well. So you know, tonight, apply faith in God for the greater things in front of you. And as you start to dis, you know, discover those things, you'll find that your, your worth and your value starts to increase in the world and, and in your in your church and everywhere you go because you're starting to see the things that God is stirring in you to, to go after and to apply in your life. First scripture I have for you today, Matthew 14, verse 35. And it says this. It's a really, really powerful message. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. So news of Jesus arrived in Port Lincoln or news of Jesus arrived in Alliston or wherever he was going. Uh, it says, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. So I have some questions for you, and I don't want them to, to be um, too hard, but they're things that we need to ask ourselves as a church and as a people. Do people recognize Jesus in our church? Good question. 
Do people bring the sick, the hurt and the broken and those who are searching to our church? Do sick people get healed in our church physically, psychologically and spiritually? It's just a question. They're great questions that need a yes. And they're the questions that are the core reason why we exist, why any church exists. So uh, great questions that, that all need a yes. Everyone say yes. yes. So do people recognize Jesus in you? That's a, that's a real personal challenge. We want, we want that to be a yes as well. So to, honestly, if you ask me that question, I would say it depends on the day. If I'm shopping with Pauline and we go into a shop to buy shirts, you're not going to see Jesus in me. You're going to see annoyance. You're going to say, just bring the shirts home and they'll be fine. But over the years, over the years, there's been an emphasis. I'm talking about just church, church-wide, worldwide. Uh, there's been an emphasis in church life on leadership. And I think there's been an emphasis on leadership at the expense of ministry to people. And it's very easy for, for someone to get enamored by this thing called leadership and start to pursue after this thing and, and neglect ministry to people. So I, I don't want to negate leadership. We use leadership. It has its place. And I'm going to explain a little bit about that later on in, in the message. But the world needs the ministry of the good news today. That's what Australia needs right now, is ministry of the good news. So um, someone put up a thing recently, um, someone from the National Executive, I think it was, and they said uh, um, something about why are there so many leadership um, uh, conferences and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, I, I can't resist. I said, because this mic's going all funny here. I can't resist. I put, uh, because no one would turn up to the servanthood conference. <laughs> And probably true, but uh, it's a sad reflection on, on uh, where the church is. But um, we, we have to understand the place of leadership and how it works. So Proverbs 13.20 says, and this is not a leadership talk tonight, it's just, you know, I guess it comes into what we do to have a healthy culture. Proverbs 30, 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. In the New Living Translation, it says, associate with fools and get into trouble. So um, in ministry, and I want to use the term ministry now to talk about your role in the church. That is your ministry. So don't think, well, I'm just waiting around. I don't really do very much. No, you're in ministry because you're called to serve God. That's what ministry is. That's what ministry means. It means you're called to serve God. And in that, you serve others and you serve the church. That's called the ministry. So you're all in it. So in ministry, you'll work out that people will have lots of advice on how you should do it, you know, uh, and especially when you're, you're uh, doing things perhaps differently or that haven't been done before, there'll be a lot of people telling you their opinion, how you should do it. So the, the title of tonight's message is Don't Take Flying Lessons from Chickens. So I really need you to understand that because tonight... I believe will really help a lot of people for the rest of your life, for the rest of your ministry. If you'll take hold of some of these easy principles, it's not, I'm not going to take that long tonight, I'm going to talk really slow so it stretches it out and makes you really uh, wait for it to be finished. But don't take flying lessons from chickens. Tonight um, we're going to look at a few things, but 
the question I have, another question for you, is who do you listen to? So those voices of opinion, those voices that will tell you, you should do this, you should do that. Why does it, sometimes they're questions, why does the church have this and that? You know, we have to be, be aware that sometimes we're, we're giving a lot of uh, weight to a chicken's voice. So walk with the wise and be wise. Ministry-wise, walk with the wise. Walk with the wise in ministry. Find the eagles in the room. Look around right now and start to think, well, who are the eagles in this room? Who are the eagles in this place? And we don't want to be mean to any chickens, but you've got to think, well, hang on, maybe that person's been talking chicken language and, and we, need to, we need to teach them some eagle. So that, that's a challenge that we have. So find the eagles in the room. They challenge you. They'll inspire you. Um, they can take you higher. They, they, can, they can soar to places you've never even thought of before and when you, with an eagle, you're going to naturally want to be where they are. So you're going to say, hey, they're going higher and they're going higher. I think, I think every, you know, every uh, circle higher they go, then maybe I can, I can aspire to that too. So find the eagles in the room because chickens don't have faith. They don't fly and they end up roasted on the rotisserie or chopped in pieces and, and fried at KFC. That's the alternative you have. So... Ministry requires that we be aware of people's needs and cater to those needs from the spiritual revelation that God has given us. So your ministry is to notice other people's needs. So it's not, you know, we've got to get culture set and right in our hearts and say it's not the pastor's roles, all the pastors in the church, to, to be fulfilling the needs of people. It's up to the church to see the needs and, and minister to the needs that they see. Now, it's, it, it is really good that needs get get shared. It's not like, well, it's all dumped on you. I, I mean, as a youth pastor, I remember in Mount Barker, a, a, a woman rang the church one day and started to tell me that, that her neighbour has a need. They, oh, whatever it was, I can't remember all the details, but, you know, this neighbour of mine has all this need, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, here, gave me the wheelbarrow and the rake and the, sh and, and the shovel and the lawnmower and says, now you go and fix up out my neighbour's garden. But it's like, it's not my, it's not my place. Your neighbour... Your need. You, know, you're, you, you need to see those things. Now, there's times where, where you might have a group of people who are activated and that's their call and they desire to do that and that's, that's a real awesome thing to have. But it's not the, the entire responsibility for you to find the, to, to have the, the binoculars out to find needs all around you and then go and say, church, you've got to fulfill that need. That's not how it works. So ministry requires it be that we be aware of people's needs and cater to those needs from our spiritual revelation. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you on that. You need to have a, a, a desire and a, I guess a hunger, even an emptiness every day if you need to, to say, Holy Spirit, will you fill me today for what is before me today? Because often we're going out into, we're going out into every day with with a depletion of the Holy Spirit in us, and we've got nothing to give anybody. But we need to be the church that is, you know, worthy of a one-heart sticker on our back that says, well, you know, we're ready. We're ready to minister with grace, with life, with, with uh, joy, uh, bringing something better to the world. So Jesus was brilliant at doing that. I'll give you four examples. Zacchaeus, you all know who Zacchaeus is, I hope. Um, he... Now, he, he was a, a swindler, a cheat, um, you know, a, a thief, I guess, in some ways. But Jesus came, didn't give him a lesson on ethics. 
he gave him a lesson on acceptance. I, uh, the scriptures should be there if you pop them up so I don't have to go through all those. But Zacchaeus didn't get a lesson on ethics, he got a lesson on acceptance. Because Jesus said, hey you there, he didn't say, hey you swindler, you liar, you thief. But he says, I'm coming to your house today for lunch. He's like, what? No one ever wants to come to my, my house for lunch. No one wants to even talk to me. No one wants to, 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 to know me. But Jesus says, I'm going to be the party and I'm coming to your house. Another one, the rich, the rich uh, religious person. You know, they call it the rich young ruler. Um, Luke chapter 19, verse 18 to 23. Uh, this, this man um, comes to Jesus and, and Jesus didn't commend him for his knowledge. It's like he, he came and said, well, what should I do to be saved? And Jesus says, he, he says, do this and that. And he goes, oh, I've done all those things. He didn't get commended for his knowledge or for his work. He got a lesson on caring for others. Because Jesus said to him, now, okay, that's, that's cool, but now what I want you to do is sell everything you have and give your money to the poor. He's talking about don't worry about what, what you've done all about yourself and for yourself. Why don't you start seeing the needs of others around you and start helping other people for change? It says the guy didn't, didn't receive that from Jesus. It said he went away sad. Yeah. Thinking, well, I wasn't expecting that. I just thought he'd say, you're, you're an awesome young man. And, and we, we've got to realize that there's people who come into our world and uh, people who leave our world. Jesus had them. The rich young ruler, even when he spoke to Jesus, didn't receive it. And, and you know, I wear the weight sometimes with people, you know, coming to church and then they leave church. And, and I, f- I feel that burden, but I've just got to say, well, Jesus, people didn't even accept you. So it's, it's, we're going to see that as well. And uh, sometimes we, we, a, a church can get into a frenzy of conspiracy theories. What's really going on there? People are leaving. You know, people left Jesus. It says in one day, everyone left him except for 12. It's like, come on, every single one said, no, not you, not you, Jesus. We must have been making a mistake here. So another one, Peter. Peter didn't get a blessing to be a fisherman. He got, a blessing, he got blessed to be a fisher for men. So Jesus said, go out and cat, do, do that. Jesus has been preaching in his boat, and then he sort of thinks, well, I'll give you some compensation. Go out there and drop your nets. Peter says, oh, well, well, there's nothing here. I've been fishing all night, caught nothing. But anyway, we'll do it. Pulls out this massive haul of fish. But Jesus then says, I've called you to be a fisher of men. And it says he left all that behind. But Jesus is operating in the Holy Spirit. And it's, oh, I won't get ahead of myself, but, but he's, he's operating in ministering to the needs of people, but it's not always what we'll see in the natural. So the next one, an immoral woman who's weeping at Jesus' feet. It says she came with, with an alabaster box. Now, in some versions, it'll say that she's a, she's a prostitute. It just says she's an immoral woman. It's a, you know, she's got some issues in her life. But it says she's weeping at Jesus' feet. Now, if I was Jesus, I'd probably, and those around are thinking, she should get a lesson on filthiness, on sin, on, on, on uh, promiscuity and, and all that stuff. So, so, but she doesn't get a lesson on that, on filthiness and sin. She got a lesson on pure love and forgiveness. And that's what the world's looking for today. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us in all these stories is we've got to minister out of a, a revelation of the Holy Spirit that doesn't always see according to the eye of just the natural see, seeing. That's not good English. But ministry is best actioned by revelation for every situation. Ministry is best actioned by revelation for every situation. So one size does not fit all. So we often think, well, this is our method for, for this person. This is our method for that situation. This is our method. What's the method? You know what? The method's going to be different because every person is different. 
And what worked one day may not work the next day, but depending on the person. So uh, how, do we do, how do we do in church, how do we minister to, this is a, a, a weird question, in a church like this where you've got lots of different people, how do we minister to all the different directions politically, socially, racially, economically that we have in a place like a church? It's, there's, there's a broad range of views. If you, if you were to stand up in church one day, and we're not going to do it ever because it's not, we're not worth it, but if we were to say we want all the liberal voters on one side and all the Labor voters on the other and everyone else who votes other, other parties, you know, you stand in the middle, you know, you, you'd have a huge division. Uh, you'd, have, you'd maybe have some unreconcilable differences going on. But when we minister through the Holy Spirit, there's a direction, there's an insight that will be relevant and bring unity to every, every kind of person. And that's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be the type of church that has a unity, a one heart about us that's not just our name, but it's in our nature. It's not just our name, but it's in our culture. That we say it doesn't matter to me what, what spectrum people might be on or what, what uh, political viewpoint they may have because when we come to church, we're all just brothers and sisters. And you know, maybe one day we'll have people in parliament here on, on one side of the, the floor and we'll have people in parliament on the other side of the floor and they're doing what they do there but they come to church and worship Jesus together because Jesus doesn't care what, what political agenda we have. So ministry through the Holy Spirit directed is, is insight. It will be relevant and it, it will bring unity. And that's the thing we need in the world today. So believe it or not, this draws, uh, that kind of a church draws opposing spirits it draws things that that uh want to pull that down and want to destroy that want to um uh, tear it apart and damage it but church is where people find unity when the holy spirit flows and I, I, one of the, the the things in my heart i guess is having these awakened nights because we want the holy spirit to flow in our lives and we want to give that time to happen so we're going to make time for that I'm, I'm letting you know now it probably won't happen till after easter um and I think we've just got to get ourselves ready, get our hearts ready, start to, to um, let the Holy Ghost really move in our spirits to say, am I ready for this? Do I want God to do a move in my life or am I just happy having a comfortable coasting experience in the things of God? But um, Jesus ministered to Romans, to foreigners and to Jews. Anyone who was around got ministered to. And uh, I think of the, the Roman officers that there was a couple of times where it talks about Roman officers that Jesus ministered to. It's like the Jews would have been saying, what is he doing? should never have anything to do with them. Why would he bother? Then you, you have the, the, the Sino-Phoenician woman who's begging for, for her daughter who's got a demon. And Jesus even tells her, sort of blows her off to see what will happen. And, and she says, no, but even, even the dogs get the crumbs. And he says, well, good answer. Your daughter's healed. And, uh, and we need to realise that Jesus doesn't care about our social barriers. And we shouldn't worry about the social barriers. I remember as a youth pastor um, in, in one church I was in, um, we kept getting these people coming to church and, and, and uh, there was, you could tell that people saying, you know, in those days we have to wear you know, good trousers and polished, polished shoes and ties and all that because that's where the anointing was in our lives. <laughs> And people would come to church and they didn't, didn't have the, 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 the right clothes. And so it would be like, you better go home and get change. You, you, you smell, you swear, you're smoking cigarettes. You know, clean yourself up and then come back. You know, we need to allow people to belong in the house of God before they can even believe in God. 
So we've got, to, we've got to change our mindset and say, I don't care if people swear. I don't care if people smell. I don't care if they're dirty. But I want them to experience Jesus. And, and uh, whether they ever change or not is not our job. That's God's job. But we need to say they had every opportunity when they came into this house. So church is where people find unity when the Holy Spirit is flowing. So we've got to, uh, going back to, to this, this little thing called leadership, leadership has a role here at One Heart Church. And I think it's really important. So uh, leadership, I'll just quantify some things so we, we get it clear and we need, we need to speak about this stuff because it can wreck a church. Leadership is often criticised by those who project what's in them onto a leader. And most, most of the time when that is revealed is, uh, or most commonly, is those who have controlling tendencies. So they'll accuse leaders of control because of we have order and structure and accountability. They're governance areas. They're not control. They're safety measures for everybody involved. So um, we've got we've to understand that... Uh, uh, that you know, in most cases, a church leader isn't there to try and control and manipulate and, and wreck people's lives. Uh, and, and I've seen over and over again, even here in the you know, years that I've been here, a common problem is people who have controlling tendencies over others will, re- will um, rebound and react at any sense of order or direction because they're saying, well, hang on. But what they're doing is they're projecting what they do to others and then saying, and, and, but they have a tendency to want to control and manipulate other lives, but then they view uh, a start time in church or, or a flow of things, even where you put the rubbish bin or don't put the bin, as a form of control. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, I'm getting naughty now, but I remember once <laughs> years ago. <laughs> it's amazing what, what, what I've been accused of. Anyway, ask me about the rubbish bin one day. <laughs> but but leadership, has a, leadership always has a role in church. But it's got to be in the boundaries of uh, uh, love and, and a reason of direction. It's not about manipulation and controlling other people. I can't even control my own family. How am I going to control the whole church? Can't get real. And, and what often happens is, is, is those who have that controlling tendency may want to gather those around them and keep them in their, their little club type of atmosphere but you know what it, it, it always ends badly and we need to help those people to to realize hey there's boundaries there's there's uh there's reasons why we do things in church it's not to control you or ruin your life or steal all your fun it's just to make things work that's the only reason so uh we've got to be careful who speaks in our ears in ministry matters as i said at the start tonight could really help you for the rest of your life in ministry if you, t- if you take on some of these uh, keys of wisdom. Now, I wouldn't talk like this on a Sunday because these are, I'm talking to you as mature people who are wanting to grow in your ministry call. And there's a lot of people who never make it to the end, don't even make it to the start because they've got the wrong voices that they're listening to. They're listening to the chicken's voices, not the voices of the eagles that want to see them soar. So is that making sense to you? So who do we listen to? So I'm going to give you just a couple of keys on the types of voices you need to listen to. So help, help you to identify the eagles in your life. So Galatians 6 verse 17, Paul says this, From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. He's talking about the, the, the hassles of the ministry, the, the, challenges, the challenges that he has 
leading people and starting churches and uh, people opposing him and all that kind of stuff. He says, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. So the, the, the person you want to listen to and learn from is those who bear the scars. They're the eagles. So I'll explain what that looks like. The person who has persevered, they all start with P, produced and perfected their own ministry call and purpose. So you, I'll, I'll say that again. You, you need to see as an eagle the person who has persevered. They didn't give up. They didn't shut down. They didn't run away. They produced and they perfected their own ministry call and purpose. Those that have proven service, those who have proven service, that have sacrificed comfort for the cross. Uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 6 says, As for me, this is Paul speaking again, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. So Paul's authority to speak was born out of personal sacrifice. And you know, you, you've got to be looking for those people who you, you say, well, they've sacrificed. They, I, I think of like Jimmy and Beth who would give up their, their times, their long weekends, and everyone else has you know, um, just said, well, it's, you know, we're not going to be here, we're not going to be here. Jimmy and Beth will say, well, we're, we're going to be here. They, they've persevered. They've, they've, given, they've, they've done the hard yards and done things. I think of you know, Pastor Josh and the youth uh, where many times it's just been left to him uh, and no one else, but he's persevered. He's perfected the, the call of God upon his life and he's produced a harvest. So we've got to look at those, those kind of people and say, I want to soar like the eagles like that. I'm not going to listen to a chicken voice going, oh, I'm too tired. I'm not going to listen to a chicken voice that says, well, well I need to have my long weekends off. It's okay to have a long weekend off now and then, but it's not like book it in, you know, three years in advance and say, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care about the call of God or the call to the ministry. That's what it's about. The call of the ministry comes first. Now, and someone hearing this will be saying, oh, that's it, you're trying to manipulate and control us. No, I'm telling you how to soar like an eagle. If you want to soar like an eagle in the things of the Spirit, it's going to cost you. And it's not a cost that, that's too big. God will give you better times back. Yeah. Trust me, God will give you better times back. But it, it sometimes comes an issue where, where people say, well, I need my time, I need my space. And they make, they make that the line in the sand. And you know what, you're always going to be, that God will just keep bringing that circle around, bringing it around. And you're going, how come that person's now pastor so-and-so? How come that person's being offered a church? How come that person's going on to the call and destiny of God? Because they pass the test. I've got to tell you, Pastor Josh has been uh, invited to, to, to look at a position at a really big church in Victoria. You know, I think that's awesome. But he's not allowed to go. No. <laughs> a big church is probably one of the main churches in, in Victoria. Uh, but I think, you know, why does that happen? Because he's persevered, he's produced, and he's perfected. And, and, and he just started by saying, I'll just turn up. I'll just be there. Uh, when he was like 14 years old, when he first came, he didn't even want to be in Port Lincoln. He thought we'd wrecked his life. But uh, he got a word from God and it changed everything. Changed his perspective because he got a word from an eagle and he stopped listening to the words of the chickens. And he grabbed hold of that word, spoken over him as a prophecy here in church one night, got a prophecy from an eagle and he started to, started to circle upwards. And, and, you know, it's, it's amazing what God will do. So, uh, where are we up to? The second thing you need, to, the second kind of person you need 
is those who bear the fruit. Colossians 1 verse 6 and verse 10. I'm not going to read them all out to you for time. It says, it talks about fruit of a changed life. Uh, seek advice, seek wisdom from those who have, lived, who have lived experience, who know it and have done it. Uh, I'm amazed how in church there's so many people get sidelined by listening to the chickens. You know, they get sidelined by listening to those who don't know what they're talking about when it comes to spiritual growth and spiritual truth. I mean, this week we bought a new oven. Our oven broke down. It blew up. So we went to someone who, who fixes them and said, well, they, they looked at the old one. They said, we just fixed this, but now you've got this, this, and this. And we go, time for a new one. But you know what? I, I didn't go to the dentist and say, what do you know? What kind of oven have you got? He wouldn't know. You ask someone who knows. And, and, and the, the, the person said to us, listen, this is what you should get. I'd go for this brand or this brand. Don't look at all the others. And so we, we had something to go on from an expert. You know, when my car breaks down, I don't go to the butcher and go, well, what do you reckon? He doesn't reckon anything. He'd give me a chop, not, a, not fix my car. And, but it's crazy, but we do that in church. We go, we, we're, we're navigating our call to ministry listening to chickens' voices. We need to learn to, to focus in on an eagle that, that we have them all around us. We need to find the eagles and hear what they're saying and see what they're doing and think, well, if, if I follow that, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly like they do because a chicken's never going to fly. The chicken's going to end on the rotisserie. Always remember that. The chickens end up cooked. So find those who bear fruit. Seek, adv- seek advice and wisdom from them. When I want to know how to build church, I listen to those who are building great churches. So I listen to John Cameron. I listen to Josh Brett. I listen to, to Sean Stanton. I listen to, to um, Alan Davies. I listen to people who, who either have built great churches or are building great churches. I don't, I don't go to the church that's closing and find out, what, what are you doing? How do you do that? Because if theirs is closing, then pretty soon ours will close. So uh, I listen to those who are building great churches I, I watch, I go, I, I want to know how they do, what they do, and why they do. And that's, you can do that in a micro level in the life of the church and see what, what works. I think, why do we do that? There's a, there's a reason. You might, people will have criticised very, very loudly what we do on Sundays, how we do church. But I want to tell you something. What we do here on a Sunday has helped grow our church. If I were just asking this room for people who have joined this church in the last five years, there'd be a lot of people yeah. if we did that on any, any Sunday because it's, it, it's what creates an atmosphere and an environment that is inviting to people. It's, and, and what we do on a Sunday is not the be-all and end-all of our Christian life. It's a, it's a method that helps people to enter into the presence of God who don't know what the presence of God is. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have dim lights. That's why we have, uh, you know, microphones and all that. Because if it was just about us, we wouldn't need any of that. As Dave Hellyard used to say, he can worship God in a phone booth. He doesn't need anything. He's a Christian. We're not doing it for the Christian. We're doing it for the unbeliever. You know, and I think of the, those who have come into our church and thought, well, that, you know, Dion's, I'm an atheist. Don't believe any of this. I think it's really, really, um, you know, he, he's just like bewildered by it. But he keeps coming back. Why do you keep coming back? You know, I think of, of Tony, Tony Manuel. 
you know, and the journey he's been on. He, he started coming to church because of seasick, and uh, he's sitting there, you know, sitting around about where Jeff and Josie's arms folded, no, not interested. And, and now recently I see a, a Facebook post showing off the cross and putting one heart church posts up like the countdown, as if that's a, the, the best part of his week. But that's what they're doing it for. So when I want to know how to build church, I'm, I'm asking eagles. I'm asking eagles. I'm not, not looking for a chicken church. I want an eagle church. I want to be an eagle church pastor. And that's not arrogant. That's just, a, uh, that's just saying we, we ought to be doing our best. We ought to be a place that, that is soaring, not flapping and not going anywhere. The third thing, find eagles that are willing to share knowledge with you. Willing to share knowledge with you. Uh, James 3 verse 17 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, it is also peace-loving, it is gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it is always sincere. What an amazing way to, uh, if you wanted a scripture to adopt yourself to, that would be a great place to start. So, oh, there's so much good stuff in there, James 3 verse 17. But eagles are willing to share knowledge with you. So it's good to have those who willingly share their experience and their resource with you. One Heart Church, we want to be a church that shares what we know. And I can, I can say, uh, you know, Beth has, had helped Tumby Bay with their books when they were, had a, a transition going on there and they didn't know, have anyone trained who could do the, the, the finances and Beth went up there and helped them, sorted it all out, had ongoing walk with them. I know Pastor Kylie's helped in other churches with, with governance issues. Um, most of, um, uh, in a month, uh, not, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of my time in, in a month is helping other churches with all kinds of issues that are going on. And, and I'm just sharing what we do, how we do it, and it helps them. And I don't go, oh, well, you know, um, what's in it for us? You know, if you pay me, I'll tell you what we do. I just say, this is what we've got. I can send you whatever it is. I can, I'll get you to talk to, to Kylie or Pastor Pauline or, or Michael or whoever we've got in our church who's doing things and say, talk to them and they'll help you with that question. And, and we want to be a church that does that. We want to be a church that shares what we know. And as a pastor here, I hope that I can call on any of you at, at some time to help other churches where you might have experience and knowledge where you might have, have something that you've gone through in life and I'll go, you know what, you need to talk to that person and have a chat with them because they know exactly what you're talking about because they've lived it and they've, they've got through it. They, they, they beat that. So would that be a cool thing to do? I would love to be able to do that. Can I just have some music back for me, please? just want to remind you, people will tell you what they think and how you should do the ministry. What they, they'll tell you what they don't like, what they want you to do, how, you want, how they want you to do it. But we've always got to remember authority to speak comes from relationship and fruitfulness. Now someone might come with a question that's different than an accusation and, and a confrontation. So methods, we've got to realise also methods from another time and another place are not universally transferable when it comes to your ministry. So people may come with experience and say, well, you know what? 
and I, I do this all the time, I often think of when I was at Mount Barker, when I was a youth pastor, when I was at Doncaster, when I was a youth pastor there, I used to do it this way. But you know what? That won't work today. I could say, well, Josh, this is what we did. It was, it was a magic bullet. It's going to be a magic mushroom now. It won't do anything. But methods from other places and other times aren't transferable, usually. But what is always best is knowing and doing what the Lord is telling us. Telling us to do, telling you to do. And that just means that we've got to be on our journey of digging wells, seeking after the Spirit, desiring something deeper from God that doesn't come from, from any book. It comes from personal discipleship and relationship with Jesus. We've got to pursue that personal growth and develop our spiritual knower, our spiritual hearer, our spiritual seer. It's not good English, but church is too important to take flying lessons from chickens in. We've got to learn to, to ignore the advice of chickens and value and honour the advice of the eagles. How you do that is, is up to you. But I'll tell you something, something's very, very uh, undervalued in Australian culture is, is honouring one another and, and honouring the eagles. I, I see it, I, I went to New Zealand the year before last and one thing I could see straight away was this, this honour. You know, and, and I was asking questions to people because I'm thinking, I wonder what they really think about their Prime Minister. And so I'd, I'd be in a cafe and just do it and say, so what do you think about this? And there's nobody in New Zealand who would say a bad word about their Prime Minister. If you went, if you went around Australia and said, what do you think about you know, Scott Morrison or any Prime Minister, you would have people just like, they're willing to, they're willing to, to you know, skin them alive. They won't hold back. But there's something in honour that we as a, as a people, as a church, need to discover. And it's not, this is not about uh, trying to, um, uh, oh, I don't know, take that to an extreme where it's, it's weird and unnatural. But it's, it's biblical and it's proper and it's where the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit flows freely, flows th freely through our life and through the church when we discover what honour really is. It's not honour one way, like, oh, you know, I all expect everyone to honour our leaders, but it's, it's it's, you know, we honour one another because one thing I have seen is this, sometimes in places there's, there's great honour, almost reverence and revering of, of a leader. Like, but then to everyone else, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're not worth it. No, but we want to have a, a, a good culture of honour because church is too important to take our flying lessons from the level of a chicken's view. So learn to ignore the advice of chickens. So can I just pray for us that stand together? I want to pray for the eagles to be able to soar in this church. Because <clears throat> as I said about honouring, sometimes you know, in, in, in a, a bad culture, the eagles are shot down. The eagles are, 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 uh, have suspicion around them. People are like, you know, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to prove? You know, they're just wanting to soar. It's what they're naturally designed to do. They're just designed to, to enjoy the view that God brings them to those higher places to enjoy. I want to pray that we as a church uh, are, are an influence of good to the city of Port Lincoln, to the, to the lower air peninsula, to the whole peninsula, that we can be an influence for good.
so that other churches can say, well, that's how it works. We come and see something. One thing I think is totally amazing, I don't know when it was, it could have been earlier this year in January maybe, we had Ari Pittman come. Now, if you don't know Ari, but her and her husband are the worship pastors of Life Point Church in Adelaide, a significant church, and it's just going through revival. It's going nuts there. And she comes to our little old church in the country and can't stop crying all the way through. She's a worship pastor, one of the, one of the, the pinnacle ones in, in the country right now. She's right there, and she's crying the whole way through our worship because she says, I just sensed the presence of God. Something beautiful was going on, and God's ministering to her. And almost at the same time, people are saying, oh, we're going to leave this church because we don't feel the presence. What's, what's going on there? Is it the soil or is it the, the seed? So, but we want to be a church of influence for goodness, for, for, for blessing others. And maybe we've, we've got scars and we've got hurts and maybe we've stopped reaching out to people again because we tried that and we got rejected or people misunderstood us. You know, we've got to get beyond that because God's calling us to soar as the eagles that we are. So church has something to bring. Church has value for this city and we need the eagles to rise. We need to honour the eagles standing around about us. So can I just pray for you today? I want to pray that uh, we begin to get our wings out, that we begin to sense the, 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 the warm air coming under us to lift us. And it's almost going to be like an effortless rise because the Spirit does it. It's not our striving. It's not our pushing. It's not our uh, thinking. It's just our rejoicing and our worshipping. So let me pray for you right now. Why don't you raise your hands and expect something. Perhaps you can begin to sing, guys, there just behind me. And I'll try and pray a bit louder. But Lord, we just pray right now for the eagles in this room to soar. Lord, I thank you so much for the, for the things of the Spirit that are yet to be discovered in our lives. I pray, Lord God, for a spirit of honor to come upon our church. I pray, Lord God, that the, a, a sweet spirit, a good spirit, will come upon this place in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who've been hurt, those who've had the scars of uh, you know, being misunderstood or mis, uh, misrepresented. I just pray today that that be healed right in this place in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just pray that we, One Heart Church, have something to bring to add value, to make this world a better place. And so, Lord, right now I pray from this humble room that we'll see many eagles begin to rise. We'll see many people begin to take steps of faith and, and uh, go on that journey of the ministry that we've been called to do. And we just pray that today over every single person. May we receive and release a spirit of honor. We release the spirit of an eagle upon this place in Jesus' mighty name. We just thank you, Lord. Let's worship together as we finish this tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're our everything.